theyeshiva.net. Ah, good chodesh, everybody. Good morning to one and all. Thank you all for joining us this special morning. Rosh Chodesh Shvat, Tov, Shin, Pei, Aleph. The first day of Shvat, 5781, January 14th, 2021. You recall what we have been talking about. If not, you could learn the previous Shiurim. We already did three Shiurim on this Maim of Ayyadabad Alakim. He spoke at length the difference of Alakim and Havaya. Really, they're one. But from our perception and experience, there are these two streams of consciousness, Alakim, plurality, Havaya, oneness. Alakim is the only name of Hashem that changes according to the individual. Ani Hashem, Elekechem, Anoichi Hashem, Elekecho, right? We don't say in Yudke Vavke, plural, singular, I'm your God. Elekim is always about you. Elekecho, Elekechem, Elekim Kedoshim. Why? Because Elekim represents the personal experience of Hashem, the individual experience of energy, of consciousness, that every single nivra, every single created being has in its own unique, distinct way. And no person can be compared to somebody else. There's the flow of divinity that vibrates through your being, your DNA, your existence, your soul, your mind, your brain. Every tzaddik, which means every person, Ramech Kulam Tzaddikim, has his or her 310 universes, as Dalta Rebbe has discussed. That's Elikim. That's the Ziv HaShchina, the Ray. And the Ray of the Shechina could be, you know, sub-differentiated. It's, it's differentiated into diverse categories, and not just diverse, infinitely diverse categories and subcategories and sub-subcategories. Emasai Gadol, Be'ir Eloikeinu. Remember, that's the godless of Eloikim. Havaya represents the Achtos pre the differentiation, the Shoirish of everything, the root of everything, where it's all completely one. From a mother could come many children. I remember at the funeral of my grandmother. She passed away 12 years ago in her 90s. She was 94. And I was looking around in the cemetery as they interred her into the earth. It was raining. It was Friday before she closed to Shabbos was from the shorter Fridays. It was the month of Shvat. And my grandmother was, at that time at least, short and frail. And whenever I remember her, she was, she was a short lady and, and relatively frail, so to speak, even though internally quite strong. And then I looked around and I saw hundreds of descendants that came to say goodbye and bid farewell to their mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, or great-great-grandmother. And at that moment, as I shed a tear, I also was 
marveling at the fact of what came from one woman. All from one woman. And her husband, of course. But it's extraordinary when you, when you come face to face, like, how did that happen? Like, where did all these people come from? And diverse people. <laughs> Literally hundreds, I'm not exaggerating. Can I and her, can she was a holy woman, a very righteous woman. So it all comes from one, but then it becomes differentiated. You know, so the mother sees it all as one. She remembers when it was still in her womb, even before it was in her womb. But then it becomes differentiated into separateness. I'm just giving this marshal to understand this duality. And the Balatanya said, and this was the, the final piece of last, of last year, that the experience of emotions always come from Elikim. Vahavtas Hashem Elikecha. You can only get to the Ava of Hashem through Elikecha. As Saved over Akal Nishma, as Halikim Yira. As Hashem Elikecha Tira. Halikim also Shayirim Elifanov. He brought different Psukim from Tanakh. Because Avan Yira is my experience of the divine. I'm in love. I'm in awe. This means there's something of you that I'm experiencing that's triggering this love or this reverence or this awe, this inspiration, this desire to be close or this feeling of, of absolute, I'm awestruck in your presence. That can only be done when Havai is filtered through the channel of Elikim. <laughs> Don't think it's different. Elikim is all an aspect of Hashem. Ani Hashem. Ultimately, Elikim comes from Havaya and brings you to Havaya. And there has to be the Yichud to remember the oneness of Havaya and Elikim. As the Alter Rebbe explained, and we discussed in the previous year, let's now continue inside. If you have the Torah or the source sheets, it's page 112. Or in the Torah, it's Nunavav, column three. The paragraph started, V'hinim ebchines alikim. We're in the middle of the page. The line starts, Be'alikim liyaz gilu shem havaya lamat. Achinei noida. Achinei noida. However, it's known. Ki a'avo shemimat alamayle ikre k'de lahagiyah shetei ba'al adam alamayla aval yenashia ikres. After he explained that the ability to be able to have midos, to be able to have an emotional experience, which represent the three midos, love, awe, and compassion, empathy, and that ability to be able to experience, to be able to experience the divine, to be able, I showed up, I revealed myself which means to be able to experience Hashem either through the channel of love and awe and compassion, is only through through the Yichud of Havaya and Elikim. And that's why it says, So the Balatanya continues, that all the love that we experience from below, its primary purpose is to be able to reach a space where we should experience the divine love, which is far more fundamental. In other words, there is the love 
that I can experience from my own initiative, but that pales in comparison to the love that Hashem gives me and to the awe that Hashem gives me. The Medrash Rabbi says in Bereshis Rabbi Memzayin that the Ovois were the Merkava, with the chariot, the chariot for Hashem. What does this mean? That Avram Avinu was a Merkava, he was a channel, to the love that comes from above. In other words, you have the Ahava or the Yiri that I, a person, can really try to arouse and create from their own initiative, from their own life's experience. And that's amazing. But it's only a preparation for the Ava that comes from above. That's a whole different experience. In other words, there is the emotions that I can create from within myself, which is powerful. But that's always limited to my own experience, to my own understanding. And then there's when Hashem shares with you the Ava, when He when there's a, there's a glow, there's a radi, there's a, a revelation of Ava that comes from above that has an infinite quality to it. Ukadiksiv the Pasik says in Lechlecha, Vayisa Avram Halich Venaseya. Hanegba Avram traveled, he continued to travel and on and on. Hanegba. Going south, so he teaches Mimata Lamaila. Avram continuously traveled from a lower space to a higher, deeper space, Ad Hanegba, until he came to Hanegba. Hanegba literally means the Negev, which is south. However, he teaches Shehia Ava Hel Yoyna. Avram Avinu traveled Halech Venaseya Hanegba deeper and deeper to allow himself to experience the divine love, allowing himself to be a merkava, to be a chariot, to be a vehicle, that Hashem's love should rest upon him, like a roichiv on the merkava. A roichiv is the rider. Merkava is the chariot which carries the rider. For example, somebody is horse riding, somebody is a horse rider, so he is the roichiv, and the horse is, so to speak, the vehicle, like the car, the channel, the chariot, right? Sometimes you're sitting on the coach in the wagon, that's called Merkava, a chariot, a wagon, that's Merkava, right? So Avram Avinu, Merkava, to be able to experience the divine love, like the rider riding on the horse, the, the rider riding on the chariot, on the Merkava. And the Merkava is just a conduit, just a channel. So this is already a whole different type of Ava. It's not just my experience. It's that I am a channel to experience the divine love. The divine love to me, God's love to me, and therefore my, my love to Him. That's the gift of Ava Eliyayna, Ava Vira. And that's what Hanegba is. Negba is considered chesed love. Because it's the right side. The Pasik says in Tehillim, Paytes Tsafain Vyamin Atabarasam. Tsafain is the north. Yamin, the right, is called the Durham, south, Negba. Why is it the right? Because from the east, Mizrach, from where the sun rises, right? So south is on the right and north is on the left. Right? If I'm facing Mizrach, if this is Mizrach, for example, I'm looking in your direction this way. If this is the east, so then this will be Negev, Dorim, which is the south, and this will be Tzafim, which is the north. Of course, from the west, it'll be the opposite. So therefore, Negba is called Yemin, because when you're facing the east, 
south is on the right, and the right is associated with chesed and avaros, has to do with the climate in the south, the Zohar says. Generally, we have a principle that arousal from below creates an arousal from above. In order for there to be the flow from the love above, the infinite love above, you need the avoid of a person. You need the arousal from below. The question is, how can this infinite love dwell and be manifested within the finite human being? How can that be? What can allow this love that's so powerful, that's so infinitely intense, coming from from above, which is Ein Saif, how can it dwell and be manifested in the soul of a person, which is finite? A person has created Yeshmeyayin. That's why the Pasa continues. Bekel Shin Dalad Yud. There's a new name introduced. After Havaya and Elikim, he introduces Shin Dalad Yud, which is, Chazal say, Sha'amar Lailamaidai. He told his world, enough. As Chazal say, Mesech Chagig, I think you'd base, that the universe was expanding, 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 expanding. It would have expanded ad infinitum until Hashem said, Dai, Genug, slow down. It's a fascinating teaching of the sages thousands of years ago because of the, you probably know, the theory of the expanding universe. So what does this mean? There's something called Shaddai. Hashem Oma Loi He told his world, enough. Don't expand too much. What does this mean spiritually? So the Balatanya says, this Kel Shaddai is the link between the Avel Yoin, Va'erel Avram Elitzak Val Yaakov, I will appear to Avram Elitzak and Yaakov, meaning I will appear in your love and in your awe and in your compassion. How does that happen? Through Kel Shaddai. Shin Dalad Yud. When we speak about his world, he told his world enough. What's his world? The Pasuk says in Tehillim Nunbei, that in the Pasuk in Tehillim Peites, Oilam Chesedibona. What does it mean, Olam Chesed Literally, the world is built through kindness, through love. Love is the foundation of the world. It's the structure of life, which is a very, very powerful pasuk. That love is the glue of life, it's the, it's the essence of life. The world is built through love. That's the fuel of life, love, relationships, connections. Connection. On a deeper level, Oilamai represents God's love. Because Oilam Chesed Yibana, the world is based on love. So Oilamai, his world, represents Hashem's love. Amar Oilamai Dai means he tells his world, he tells his love enough. You have to channel yourself to be able to be experienced in the human soul. You can't be too intense and too overwhelming that a person will not be able to experience it. Opirish Yibana, what does it mean the world is built with chesed? Yibana bebinyan, kamashakasav bechachma yibana bayis. The Pasuk says in Mishlei, chapter 24, through chachma, you build a home, you build a home through wisdom. Ka'adam shabayna bayis l'shevez just as you build a home to live there. Ka'achtarech ha'chesed li'is nivna bebayis, li'is bayishivas ha'neshama. 
The same is true with chesed. It has to be built, that the neshama should be able to dwell there. So Eilam Chesed Yibana doesn't just mean that the world was built with God's love, with God's Chesed. Of course it means that too. Hashem built the world through love. But then it should have said Chesed Yivne Eilam. Chesed builds the world, not Eilam Chesed Yibana. What the, what the Pasuk means, says the Balatanya, is that the Chesed itself is built. The Chesed itself, not just the Eilam is built through Chesed. Oilam chesed, yibana, the chesed itself has to become a binyan. It has to become a place where you could live. Love is a place where you can reside. If the love is infinite, I can't live there. My soul can't live there. For my soul to build, you can't live in an infinite home. You need a bias, a structure, that your soul feels safe in it. Ki chesed alyan v'aval yayni b'chines ein saif. The love of Hashem to you is so infinite that it's impossible that the soul can dwell in it. The love is so beyond limitation. It's insight. And to experience that love, for me to be experienced, Hashem's love to me, and to be able to experience my love to him, it's insight. So the soul can't live in that home. It's not a place where I could live. You know, you come into a house, you get lost. <laughs> you need to have a house that suits you, that somehow fits you. Even though a house doesn't have to be according to your size, we learned about the house being makafarachik. But nonetheless, for my soul to live in that ava, I can't, it's insight. There has to be tzimtzumim. The love has to go through some filters some restrictions, for it to become an oilam. What does it mean for it to become an oilam? For there to be a concealment. Oilam comes from the word halam, concealment. A concealment of the oilam soif, so that the love can actually become a home, which is a structure. And that only comes from the configuration of bricks, which we said is the configuration of letters. Remember, two bricks build two words. Oisius are called avonim. Batim are homes that are built from a combination of bricks. In other words, it has to come through Isis. So Olam Chesed Yibana represents the fact that Hashem restricts and channels and filters and condenses and compresses the infinite love so that it should be able to dwell in the human soul and the human soul should be able to dwell in it. I should be able to become a chariot to be able to experience Hashem's love. That experience requires... Many, many tzimtzumim. So, Olam chesed yibana. The chesed has to be built. And this means it has to be concealed. It has to be filtered. It has to go through Olam. In order for it to become a binyan through letters, which letters represent the differentiation of an idea through tzimtzum. You remember we spoke about the idea itself transcends letters. And then the letters represent the filters through which the idea is condensed. And then every soul can experience this love. You can't compare it to the love the way it is in its pristine essence. In Atzimus, that's the Kel Shaddai. You need Sha'amar La'ilamai Dai. He told his world, Oilam Chesed Yibona, Dai. You have to be able to know how to flow in a way that is suitable to the soul. Now we understand the 310 worlds. Hashem is going to bequeath every tzaddik 310 worlds. Shin Yud is the same letters like Yesh. There is Ayin, which means nothingness, which means no thingness. 
And there's yesh, which means somethingness. Because of the numerous restrictions and the descent of divine energy through many levels, the infinite love of Hashem can be communicated in a state of yesh. In other words, that the souls can receive it and absorb it and bask in its radiance. Hashem is going to give the tzaddikim ahava. That's what he's going to give them. You know what he's going to bequeath them more than anything else? The gift of love. The ability to be able to experience the love. The love of the world. The love of Hashem to us and to me. And the love that we have to Hashem. That's the ultimate experience, the experience of the love, of the connection. That's Lahan Chil Usually you explain the Pasik. He's going to be, I'm going to bequeath to my friends, to those who love me, I'm going to give them many worlds. He says, No, that is what he gives. Lahan Chil he gives love. Because they allow themselves to open themselves up to the love through their own Avaida, they can become a Merkava. Like Avram Avinu, Vayis Avram Halach V'Naseya Negba to the divine love. This revelation is called Oilamis. Why? Because Oilam Chesed Yibana, the world is built through love, and because this love has to go through concealment for me to be able to experience it. So he's going to give every tzaddik Oilamis worlds. Worlds means concealments. The love is going to be concealed, and that's why it's called a Yesh Shin Yud three hundred and ten, which is Yesh. The Ava has to come from a state of Ayin to a state of Yesh, so I should be able to live with it. I should be able to live in it, and it should be able to live inside of me. If it's Ayin, if it's nothingness, I can't experience it because we are created from Ayin to Yesh, so we only know about the Yesh. We experience everything through Yesh, not through Ayin. So that's why the love has to become a love of Yesh. He has to tell his world, enough. In other words, restrict the love. Then I can appear to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, meaning I can appear in the Midas of a person with the divine love and the divine awe, which is always the primary emotion far deeper than your own emotion. It's the emotion that you get as a gift from heaven. On this the Pasuk says, You should love Hashem Alekecha. We say every morning and night, in Kriyashma we say, Really, it should have said, Hashem tells you to love Hashem, not la'ahava. La'ahava means to the love of Hashem. Ah, so the Alter Rebbe says, what the Pasuk is saying is, not just if you listen to the mitzvahs that Hashem gives you to love Him, then it would say, La'ahava. To love Hashem, to open yourself up to the love of Hashem. Can you allow yourself to experience the love of God to you? 
the love of Hashem. Have you ever experienced unconditional love in your life? Have you ever experienced what it means to be loved? If you haven't experienced what it means to be loved, it's very hard to experience this because we don't even know the vocabulary. We don't know the experience. We don't know the sensation. This is not cliches. This is not words. This is a very, very deep, transformative moment. Can you really feel love? Do you allow yourself to feel love? You know, sometimes it takes a lot of work. Some of us have too many fences, too much resistance to be able to feel the love. Rabbi you understand what I'm saying? The Pesach is not just saying, God says, to love. To open yourself up to the love. Can you open yourself up to the love? You know, sometimes we see it with people. Somebody can love you very deeply, but I'm not open. I'm not open to it. And therefore, I actually accuse them of butting into my business, of breaching boundaries. The love becomes traumatic because I don't know how to receive it. This is very, very powerful stuff. And that's v'ahavtas Hashem alakecha. It should have said, v'ahoyves Hashem alakecha. You should love God. So the Altar Rebbe says in Diktuk, in Hebrew, there's something called poyel yoytze. Poyel yoytze means, it's not v'ahoyv or le'ahoyv. That just means you should love. Ahoyves Hashem. Or le'ahoyves Hashem. V'ahoyim shemayatishmu matzvayis Hashem. That was called le'ahoyv. V'ahavta is poyel yoytze. Which means, as he says, the most important thing is to open yourself up to open yourself up to the divine love. That's why the words that's used is not the word that represents human action, but rather the human, the human being becoming a recipient. This is what Poyal Yoitse in Diktuk means, that the main purpose is to be able to open yourself up to the divine love. This is what the Pasuk says in Malachi, the last prophet, Malachi, Perik Aleph, Pasuk Beis. Hashem says, I love you. I love you. This is the foundation. This is the main love. The main love is to be able to open yourself up to the divine love to you. And that divine love is constant. And that divine love is absolute. And that divine love is unwavering. But there's so much static. There's so much uh, interference to be able to experience that. Especially if I haven't experienced this type of love as a child, so I don't even know what it's like. That's why the Pasuk continues, So Chazal say, with both of your inclinations, even your Yetzirah, because when you have only a limited love that comes from your own initiative, then the Yetzirah can oppose it. Once you experience vahafta Hashem once you open yourself up to the Ava Hashem then he says, you know what happens? The heart melts away like doinig, like, like wax. 
You ever saw butter that melts in a frying pan or wax that melts in a frying pan? It completely melts away from the love. Such a powerful love, the Yitzhara also melts. Till Krishna, the focus is on arousing your own love and your own awe, your own experience. From below, you go deeper and deeper into yourself. Once Krishna comes, this is already a deeper state of consciousness. You open yourself up to the Ava from Hashem Alekech, and then it's Bechol And then it's La'ava, Hashem Alekech, to open yourself up to that love. That's why before Kriyashma, what do we say? Ahavas Olam Ahavtanu. That's the love of Hashem. That's the blessing that they instituted right before Kriyashma. And the word love says in that bracha seven times, if I'm not mistaken. Today by davening, you'll take a look. Ahavas Olam, I believe the word the verb love is mentioned seven times in the blessing. It starts with Ava, it ends with Ava. And then, This is the love of Avas Oilamaftano. When you say today, Avas Oilamaftano, or Ava Rabba, you can stop, take a deep breath, meditate, get stuck on those words. And allow yourself to experience Hashem's love to you. Even though there's static in my life, and there's stress, and there's anxiety, and there's things that are bothering me, and I have a lot of responsibilities and duties, but can I really, really go into that deepest place and say, Avas Oilam Aftano? Or if you want to follow the Ashkenazic Nusach, you could say, Avarabba. But that's not so relevant if it's Avas Oilam or Avarabba. We learned in Torah Earth, Chachlili, Chachlili Enayim Yoyin, and Parshas Vayechi, Avas Oilam Avarabba. Here the focus is, you love us with eternal love, Avas Oilam, or Avarabba, with abundant love. Because there's Nusach Svard, Nusach Ashkenaz. Tais was Brachas Yud Beis. So therefore, when I could say Avas Oilam, Abarechabam Yisrael Ba'ava, then. I can really open myself up to the oneness of Shema, and then Vahaftas Hashem But now the Alter Rebbe continues. Achine kolzel begiliam shalchas amidas ava viyira shuyichadavaye belakim shkranim shachubchenes alakim. This is all to experience. The experience of love and om, which is already Havaya, being filtered through Elikim, as he explained before. That Biyoim Asois Havaya Elikim Eretz Vashamayim. Creation is a convergence, a partnership of Shem Havaya and Shem Elikim, because Havaya, which is oneness, undefined infinity, is filtered through Elikim, through differentiation. You remember through Isis. So there could be any experience of love or awe. Avol, Hashem continues telling Moshe, Shmi havaya loy naidaiti lahem. Dehainu b'pchines havaya levade. Koidim shabali degiluyam shachem amidus. Shomokar v'shoyrish kol haavius amokar achayim. Loy naidaiti lahem. Sheine bali degilu yibinefesh machmas esarusa delasata. 
everything that can appear to Avram, Mitzvah, and Yaakov is Havaya through Elikim. Vaidaber Elikim El Moshe, Vayemer Lavani Hashem, Vayed El Avram, Litzak, Vayakov, Bekel, Shendalad Yud. But Shmi Havaya, meaning Havaya itself, in its pristine purity, pre it coming and being revealed and communicated and filtered. Through the Midas, in other words, Havaya, which is the source and the root of all existence, and it's the source of life. This could not be experienced. Naidaiti means Das. Das is intimacy. It could, can't be experienced in the soul because of Isarusa de Lasata, because the arousal from below. So the Ani Havaya Va'era, the Yudke Vavke that the others experience. What do we mean the others? It's a metaphor. The Yudke Vavke that you experience in your Midas came through a Tzimtzum, through a concealment. That's why it's differentiated to each Tzaddik. But Shmi Havaya, the name of Yudke Vavke, beyond restriction, beyond even coming through Shema Lekim, this can't be experienced because it can't come from from the arousal of below, because my experience is always in the Zivashchina. The Yudke Vavke itself is experienced, because as we say in the blessings before mitzvahs, he betrothed us, or he, he sanctified us through his mitzvahs. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Manech says in Brachas, Hashem puts on tefillin. In other words, Hashem does all the mitzvahs, it's his mitzvahs. When I do a mitzvah, I'm being, I'm becoming connected with his mitzvah. It's his mitzvah. It's his own will. And the Mishnah says in Peah, we say it in the morning, learning of Torah is equivalent to everything because it's his mitzvah and it's his Torah. The source of Torah is it's deeper, deeper, deeper in Hashem's essence. So when I connect the Torah and mitzvahs, what am I connecting? I'm connecting to Hashem Himself. This is His own inner, intimate self. That's the value, the power of Torah and mitzvahs. In other words, it's not only the filtered light that comes into the world, which allows for the consciousness of the created being. It's not even the Ziv HaShchina that comes into Gan Eden. Sov. Are his own. Even when he's alone, beyond the world, who pre creation is Torah mitzvahs. That's what it says Torah mitzvahs are beyond the world. The Zohar tells us on the verse in Kahelis and Ecclesiastes in the beginning. What is the advantage for a person with all the toil that he toils under the sun? Says the Zoyar, shiny eraisa da mola la elam and shimsha. Taita is different because the toil in Taita is beyond the sun. In other words, Kaihelas is lamenting and saying, people work and work and work. Ma Eastern la adam bechol amole sheyamal tachas hashamish. Everything that we do under the sun, meaning on this planet Earth, it's mortal, it's futile, it doesn't last, it's transient. You know, take it easy. Don't take yourself and your work so seriously. So the Zayar says, that's the work under the sun. But the Amal HaToyre, the toil of Toyre, this is above the sun. What does it mean? Literally, it means above the sun, meaning 
above our planet and even above outer space, above the sun. Comes from a higher place. Says Dal Terebbe, what does this mean? Pirush. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, as we said in the beginning of the Maimer, Hashem Elikim is the sun and the shield. So literally it's explained that Hashem and Elikim gives the light and gives protection. Al Rebbe says, no, Shemesh is Hashem, Havaya. Elikim is Mugin, just like the sun needs a sheath, a shield to protect us from its intensive heat and electricity and warmth. Havaya Yudkevovki needs the mugin of Elikim to be able to filter it. That's what Ziv Hashchina, the ray of the Shchina, as explained in the beginning of the Maimah. So everything is Tachas Hashemesh. Everything in the world, everything in life, the highest level of consciousness comes from the Shemesh, which is Havaya, coming through the mugin, which is Elikim. And all of our toil, all my spiritual work and physical work, even the work of Merkava, the work of the Midas that we explained before, it's all Tachas HaShemesh. It's all from the flow of the sun that comes through the Magin, which is Havaya being united with Elikim. But the Zayar says, Amal HaTorah, Torah, Mitzvah, this is Lamaila Ben HaShemesh. It's beyond Havaya coming through Elikim because the Shemesh always comes through a Magin. But this is Laelam in Shimsha. This is from Hashem Himself, Hashem's pure oneness. By Matan Torah, by the giving of the Torah, the Pasuk says in Veschanan, Hashem spoke to you face to face. What does it mean face to face? There was no levush, no tzimtzum, no channel, no filter, no alikim, no mugging. It's not the Shemesh, the way it's coming through the Mugan. It's face to face, Panam upon the Pnimius of Hashem. And that's why it says, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. The beginning of Aserah Sadib is the beginning of Mandela, is Anoichi. Before Hashem, before Alekecha, there's something called Anoichi. What's Anoichi? Anoichi is I. Beyond names. Beyond even Yutke Vavke, which is being communicated through Alekim. Beyond the Yichud Havayev Alekim. Anoichi, the core of infinity itself, that's even beyond the description of infinity. This was given by Matan Taira, that the soul has a hergish, has a connection, has a relationship with the core of Ein Soif itself, through Taira and Mitzvahs. That's the Shmi Havaya, Yud Kevavke, on its own, this could not be experienced in Das, even though, that's Havaya through Alekim, and through Kel Shindalad Yud, which allows them to experience Ava and Yir, and even allows them to become a Merkava, for Hashem's Ava, which is infinite and deep, but it goes through Shindalad Yud, as he said, Oilam Chesed Yibana goes through Halab. The pure Shmi Havaya, And we understand why. Because the whole definition of existence is Elikim. Differentiation, identity, even the deepest spiritual identity of Bittl, of being a Merkava to Ava and Yira. But in order to be able to experience Ava and Yira, there's some type of Metziah, some type of identity, some type of reality. Even the most spiritual and sublime and holy reality of Merkava, to open yourself up to the divine love, but that's already a filter. Then there's something called Shmi Havaya, the pure, pure essence, the pure core, the pure infinity, the reality of all reality, Hashem pre-all differentiation. But what does this mean in a person's life? What does this mean? Very abstract words, powerful words. What does this mean? So the Rebbe now comes to the last paragraph of the Maimer, where he also answers the questions in the beginning of the Maimer. And he says, 
אחיני, כדי שיהיה בחינה זו בגילי במתן תיירת, צריך להיות תחילה בחינה סיסטלקוס למיילה. Now, this paragraph is very, very profound and very intense. I'm going to say it, I'm going to speak a little fast and explain it briefly because I want you to get the full picture, relatively speaking. But this is something that we have to review and chazer and think about it and breathe it in and live with it and apply it. In order for this to be communicated, by Matan Torah, what's this? Shmi Havaya, the essence of Hashem Himself, Priyelikim, so to speak, that this should be able to be communicated. There had to first be Histalkus Lamaila. Histalkus Lamaila means that the divine light had to depart and ascend upwards. What does this mean? Very briefly, there's an expression in Zayar called Mati Veloy Mati. You know what Mati means? Mati means he arrives, he touches, he comes. Mata in Aramaic is he arrived. Kimata Lahasam, when he came there, having a more often. Mati means he touches, he comes. Loy Mati, but he doesn't arrive. He arrives and he doesn't arrive. He touches you and he doesn't touch you. Like it says about the, the eagle. Like an eagle arouses its nest. He hovers over the young, the young birds, the young eagles, the chicks. The eagle is so big and frightening. So Rashi says, Chazal saying, He touches, but he doesn't touch. He comes close because he wants to wake them up. He wants to say, I'm here. But he doesn't touch them too much because it could be overwhelming and it can, it can frighten them and it can even hurt them. So the Nesher, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Parshas Hazinu. So the Zoyer says, Moti ve'enei Moti. This is also expressed in the Pasuk in Yecheskel. V'hachayis. The Chayis, which refers to the angelic beings, but also to the divine energy, Ratzoi Vishayv. Ratzoi Vishayv means Ratzoi, it runs, it ascends, like Ratzoi, from the word Ratz, or Ratzoin, and then Vishayv, it returns. There is this dual relationship of Mati, Veloi Mati. Shuv is Mati, I come, I touch you, I come to you. And then right away, Loi Mati. And then Mati, and Loi Mati. What, what is this, a game? And it's expressed biologically in our heartbeat. The heartbeat, right? There's the expansiveness. <coughs> excuse me, expansiveness. And then there is, there is the restrictiveness that allows the blood to be released. That's the Ratzi and the Shaif. It's expressed in our breath. We inhale. And then we exhale. The Hispashtas. Why is it? Why is our heartbeat and our source of life, our oxygen... 
operating with these two levels because on every level of existence, the divine energy operates in two states, Ratzai and Shuv. Mati v'loi mati. What's the explanation? This is very, very, uh, very deep stuff. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it bekitzer, and I know if you don't get it fully, that's fine because I also don't get it fully. But as always, we start a journey, and you know you learn more, you get to understand a little more and a little more and a little more, and you never understand it fully. Don't worry, it's always mati v'lay mati. Mati v'lay mati are incredible words. It means as much as you get, you'll never get. Mati. Elikus touches you, and then Velaymati. And that's how you know you're dealing with MS. How do you know you're dealing with MS? You can't completely grasp it and contain it and limit it. It's not going to be MS. MS is always rooted in infinity. And whenever you're touching infinity, it's going to be Mati Velaymati. The Herst? The Herst was Tutsuch. If you t- how do you know it's MS? How do you know you you know people come and they tasted a lot of things, they went to a lot of places. How do you know you hit the jackpot? <laughs> if it's mati v'loi mati, <laughs> if it's not mati v'loi mati, you should be suspicious. Hachayis rotsoi v'shoiv. If it's only shoiv, it's not a lakus. If it's only rotsoi, it's not a lakus. If it's only rotsoi, which means. You go higher and higher and higher. There's no resolution. There's no pnimius. There's no embracing of the self. It's only ratzai. It's not a lakus. If it's only shayv, it's also not a lakus. If it's only mati, it's not a lakus. If it's only lay mati, it's not a lakus. There is always a tension. Why? Mati means I touch you. I connect to you. Which means I go into your experience. But the moment I go into your experience... The moment we connect, I can't detach from the source of infinity. So therefore, loimati. So now there's a ratzi. I go back to the source. But the kavana is not just to run away. It's to come back. So now there's a shuv. And then there's a ratzi again. And that brings me back to shuv. And the shuv brings me back to ratzi again. That's the process of mati v'loimati. The ur comes into the keli. But if the ur is to become too comfortable in the keli, it loses the ur. It loses the ein seif. So the ur runs away from the keli. <laughs> but if the ur runs away from the keli, what's the purpose? You have to go back. So the ur goes back. But if you get comfortable in the keli, so then you lose the infinity, so you go back. That's why elokus, it could be frustrating if you don't understand mati mati. If you understand mati mati, then it's not frustrating. Then it's essential. And that's why human biology is also that way. With our breaths, we inhale and we exhale. And the heartbeat restricts and expands. This is all the same process. Because for the life force to be, the, the life force the way it has to be, it has to be rooted in infinity. But that infinite life force must enclose itself and manifest itself within the containers of the human organism. On the other hand, if it becomes completely comfortable there, then it severs it's lifeline. So therefore, there has to be the Ratzai. And then there has to be the Shuv. It has to be the Ratzai, it has to be the Shuv. And every Shuv creates a deeper Ratzai. And the deeper Ratzai creates then a deeper Shuv. And the deeper Shuv creates yet a deeper Ratzai. 
And it's, it's a never-ending process because you're dealing with ain't saif, mati v'loi mati. And that's why. How do you know your taif is chassidus? How do you know your taif is chassidus? How do you know you understand any of this? Always mati v'loi mati. Always. The moment it's like, okay, I got it. I'm done. You put it in a lid. You put a cover on it and you put it in your pantry. You weren't typhus. <laughs> you weren't typhus chassidus. That's why it's hard for some people because they want a shalashudas taira that they should be able to put into the bosom and say, I got it. I'm typhus it and that's it. But chassidus is oirein saif. And oirein saif is always mati v'lai mati. It touches you and then it becomes elusive, creating tension. And then it touches you and it creates resolution and then there's a new ratzay and a new yearning. And it's in that tension, in that duality that you find oneness with the truth. And, and a, lot of, a lot of us don't like that. You know, give me a shalashudas contained Torah, give me a good vart, it's going to lift me up, I'm going to like it, I'm going to enjoy it, which is wonderful, which is beautiful. But the Alter Rebbe says here that elokus is mati v'loi mati. <laughs> it, I love the words, right? Mati, sukumt und sukumt <laughs> It arrived, but it never arrived. It arrived, it's here, it came. You came to me, but you didn't come to me. <laughs> In other words, you affirm me, and then you negate me. <laughs> What's the purpose? The shuv allows me to affirm myself, and the ratzoi causes me to transcend myself. And the Alter Rebbe says that the deeper the shuv, the deeper the ratzoi. Now, you have to understand what that means. The more you're going to experience the shuv, it means that the ratzoi was much deeper. Why? Because I can make peace with a certain level of divine energy. I make peace with it, right? But if there is to be now a deeper shuv, which means a deeper gili of alakus, it means the rotsoi had to be much deeper. The example for this is the famous mashal, the maimah that we learned from Reb Hillel. The teacher is giving a shear, and the student grasps it. But then the teacher has a brilliant new idea that's amazing, and he has to be quiet and stop the class to get the new idea to give it to the student. That moment of silence, the student is not getting anything because there is a higher state of consciousness that is being born that is going to be communicated into him. So I may experience one level of shuv, but then Hashem wants me to be able to experience a much deeper light, an infinite light. So what happens? So this light now has to go back up and go into a deeper place of infinity and then come back to me. Because if the light stays within me, or even goes up a little bit, it's not allowing me to get the pnimiyas so the deeper the histalkos, the deeper it goes up, the deeper the loy mati, the pow- more powerful the mati. 
Now, I don't want you to think this is like abstract titus here. This is one of the most practical ideas in life. Whenever you experience a moment of darkness, of confusion, of bewilderment, what is it really? It's loimati. And you know what the loimati accomplishes? That it should be able to be a much deeper mati. From my old awareness to morph into a new awareness, my old awareness has to surrender. I cannot remain as is in my tzir because that container cannot contain the infinite energy. So my container breaks and I'm confused and I don't know what's going on with me. Laimati, the the earth went away from me. So the keli is left empty. Why? Because now it's time for me to open myself up to a higher form of energy so that the shuv is going to be a whole higher level of shuv because the ratzu was a higher level of ratzu. So the Alter Rebbe says, for there to be Shmi Havaya, for there to be the Gilu of Yutke Vavke, of Atzmus and Sarbamatan Taira, the old Chayas had to go away. Because the old Chiyus that was being channeled into the world through the Avais, it was amazing, it was powerful. But that obstructs the higher infinite energy of Yutke Vavke. It's a filter, it's limited. It's like you're living in a beautiful home, but it's a small home. If you want to live in a bigger home, you have to break down the walls. <laughs> the loy You have to break down the walls, and then you don't have a home. You have nothing. You have an empty space. You have a renovation. But what does that do? It opens up the space for a new home. I'm just giving a metaphor. In life, I thought everything was comfortable and I had control over my life. And then boom, right? A curveball comes and shatters my dreams and expectations. What happens now? Either I can go into depression. So Baltanya says, no, this is mati veloi mati. The oil went up to a much, much deeper place where you don't have a saga, you don't have a tfisa. So immediately you fall apart. Your brain can't make sense of it. But if you open yourself up to that loy mati, the mati will now be a new mati. The mati will be a whole different level of shuv. And he explains. It'll be another few minutes. The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says in Tehillim and Halal that Hashem is Ram. He's exalted over all the goyim. His glory is on the heaven. What's pshat? Shekol avaydas kechavim amazalus mekablum shifim vechayusim mepchines reimemus. Rom alashamayim kvayde. All of the pagan philosophies in life and all forms of idolatry in life, which means all forms of arrogance and alienation from Hashem, they get their flow from Hashem's exaltedness. Rom al kolgoyim Hashem. Fascinating title. Because Hashem is so rum, He's so exalted, He's so big. Therefore, everybody can get light from him. Because he's infinite, he's above, he's so above. So from his Eremimus, everybody can get light from him. There's no discrimination, there's no dissection process, there's no birur. What do we say in Halal? 
על השמיים כבודי, מי כשם אלוהיקנו המגביל השבס המשפילי לירס בשמיים ובארץ. תייצ'ס דל תראה בזה. רומא על כל גויים השם על השמיים כבודי, when השם is in a state of רום exalted, everybody can receive their flow of energy, even if they're not ready to be aligned with הלקוס. מי כשם אלוהיקנו, who's like our God, המגביל השבס המשפילי, when he's so high that he can also come down, Hamashpili, he humbles himself to see, and then it's Hashem Alekeinu, then Hashem's Shechina dwells on Yisrael, which means on Bittl. V'hainu b'amshach, as Gilead in Seyv Baruch Hu Lamata, Shetoli v'maisa tachtoinim, Hamamshichim b'avedosim, Pchin is Gilu'i zeh. This is for Ein Seyv, to be communicated below, dependent on the work of the people who live here, who are mamshech this avoida, who are mamshech through their avoida, this gilui. Mashenken b'mokar l'mayla, shubchines reimimus, gama akko mekabim shifu m'shamay de yishtalshlus v'yidus ha-madregus. When the oirein soif comes down l'mato, here it depends on our work. If my avoida creates a keli for infinity, amamshech elikus, if not, not. But that's hamashpili liris, if elikus is to be communicated below. But if it stays above in the source, infinity, in other words, it doesn't come down, it doesn't have to be revealed below, then everybody could receive. From Makif, everybody could receive. From Pnimius, only Kedusha can receive. In other words, practically speaking, it means as follows. You know, you can have a relationship, let's say, with a Rebbe. And it's Makif, you know, you come to the Tish, you sing a couple of songs, you give a kvitl, you give a couple of dollars, and then everybody can have a relationship. It's not a big deal because there's no real allegiance. But if it's to be a relationship with Pnimius, if it's an internal relationship where I really dedicate my life to you, dedicate your life to me, then there has to be allegiance. Then I have to surrender something. It's like, you know, you have a friend and you get married, right? There's different friendships. A friendship, you know, we meet once a year, we hang out, we chill out. But a marriage is very different. The marriage is pnimius. And here, not everybody is ready for that relationship. When Hashem is b'roimim, everybody can receive. Why not? You come for the challenge, you come for the kugel. You come for God's kugel. What's the big deal? Yeah? But when it's, you're dealing with pnimius, you're dealing with, for a lakus to come down in a real way, this can't be, an, it can, you can't be an oivad avodazari, you can't be an arrogant yesh. For this, there has to be bittel. Yeah. The Pasuk says, In Parshas Vayishlach, These are the kings that reigned in the land of Eden before there was a melech for the Jewish people. So Chassidus explains that this represents the melachim that are there. Before there was a king among the Jews, this represents the energy of Olam Hatoyu, where the light was deeper than the Kalim, and there everybody can get things because they don't have to internalize it. But ultimately, Toyu died, Toyu broke. This is what Chazal says in Shabbos, Daf Peites. Why is Har Sinai called Sinai? Sinai, the word Sinai comes from the word Sina. On that mountain came down hatred to idolatry. What does this mean? One level it means it created anti-Semitism. Har Sinai from the word Sina. It created the jealousy of the Jewish people.
Before Matan Torah, when the flow to the worlds came from Reimamus, came from divine exaltedness, then there's no sinner to idolatry. There's no sinner to hubris. There's no hatred to clip it to negativity. You know why? Because from the Erhamakif, everybody could be part of the party. Everything could be tolerated. But by Matan Torah, there was the Gili of Ein Saif. Infinity is now communicated and experienced through Torah and mitzvahs. Now, now there's certain things I can't tolerate. In other words, when you have a real, when you don't have a real relationship, when the relationship is more superficial, it's more all-encompassing, it's just general, there's no differentiation, then it can allow for stupidity and for folly. But once the relationship becomes real and authentic, now even small things are not tolerated, not because you're picky, but because it's real. Because if we're really committed to each other, then you can't be fake. Again, a very powerful muscle is in a marriage. You know, before a marriage, I don't care if you're flirting, if you're playing around, because there's no real allegiance. You see this, you see this with Hasidim. You have a Hasid, it's just, you know, it's, it's a party line, it's part of a Malava Malik, it's part of a party, so big deal. It's not, it's, it doesn't negate certain aspects of your life. You can be riddled, rattled with contradictions, it's fine. But once the relationship is dick, so now you have to ask yourself, why is this in your life? How can it be? It can't coexist. Sinai is the higher shayardal of Sinai. Certain things have to go. Certain things have to be negated. Vilazais. Kasha Omar so when Moshe asks Hashem, why did you do this? Why is there Golas Mitzrayim? Why are you afflicting the people? Hashem gives this whole long speech. Dalter Rebbe said it doesn't seem connected to the question. But now we understand. What he's telling him is, I appear to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov. But there was no Shmi Havaya. Yudke Vavke in its pure essence was not experienced in the world. Now I want V'yidaitem, he continues, V'yidaitem ki ani Havaya. I want you have to have Das in the eye in Havaya. I want the Havaya to become your Elikim. I want that your internal experience should be the experience of ultimate truth. I want that the Havaya should become your Elikim. Pre-Matan Torah, Havaya was filtered through Elikim. It was restricted through Elikim. It's the sun being communicated through the ray. But then we say there's something La'elam in Shimsha, higher than the sun. In the containers of creation, Consciousness is Havaya through a Lakim. And even if you reach the deepest place of consciousness, it's Havaya through a Lakim. But I wanted Vidaitim Kiani Havaya that you should be able to align yourself and become one with Atmos, with the essence, with the pure, undefined infinity. And that should become your Alikim. Your Alikim, your consciousness, your fuel, your inner experience should be Havaya should be true, absolute infinity. This is Yaakov's tefillah. Remember when he ran away from Esau, he said, 
Havaya should be for me elikim. Literally, it means God should be my God. So what's Havaya, Havaya, Lila, Elikim? The Alter Rebbe says, Yaakov was davening that my elikim should be Havaya. Havaya should be my elikim. Usually, my elikim is a little filtered, finite energy that I could contain. In other words, my relationship with you is based on me. My relationship with my spouse is based on my perception of my spouse. My relationship with my children is based on my perception. I want that my experience of you should be you. I want that my experience of you should be you. Havaya should be for me, Elikim. Ah, but for there to be this revelation of Havaya in this state, that Havaya itself should be able to be revealed, first you need the Ratzoi, the Chiyus had to go up and depart from the Kalim, go to a much deeper place. And what happens then? And when the Chiyus goes up, now all the nations and even the Egyptians can receive the energy. Now they all come for the feast. Now they all come for the party. Once Elikus is not Bepnimis, once it's Makif, everybody becomes part of the party. So what happens then? So now the Umas Ha'olam. It's not Sina anymore, Umas Ha'olam. Remember, how Sina is Sina. Where does Sina come from? Because Elikus comes with a Pnimius. When the relationship is real, you have to reject certain things. What's Kiddushin? What does Taisfus say? That's to be boundaries. You can't be married to your husband and married to your wife and be married to everybody else also. Sorry. <laughs> you can't have two fathers. You can't have two mothers. Who are you connected to? Who are you? But that's only Pnimius. Makif, you can be everywhere and everything. Because it's not real. It's not internalized. When the Chiyus goes up, Ram... And it has to go up in order to bring out the whole new Shema Vaya. So now it's very different. Life changes. Ramal Kol Suddenly the Egyptians can become powerful. It seems like they can subjugate God's people. Commensurate with the revelation of Elikus by Matan was exactly the departure, the ascent of Elikos in the exile and the ruling of the Egyptians over the Jews for 210 years. Because remember, the shuv that follows the Ratzoi is always commensurate with the Ratzoi. If you want the shuv to be a much deeper shuv, to be able to experience a much deeper level of Ein Saif, the Ratzoi is much deeper. Because it's loy mati to a far higher place. So the histalkos is always commensurate with the shuv that comes afterwards. And the shuv that comes afterwards is always bemidah of the histalkos. That's not midah keneged midah, the shuv and the ratzai. So relative to the gilu that had to be by Matan Taira was the departure of the chiyus that allowed for the golus of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim. V'lochein gam begolus edem hu arichas ha-golus b'pchines rotsi g'day she'yiye pchines shuv li'emais ha-mashiach. Incredible words. So also in the last golus called golus edem, our golus, which begins with Rome, the golus is long, which is all rotsi. 
See how the Alter Rebbe teaches what's Pshat the Golis is long? It's all a Pchina of Rotsa. It's not Pshat, Hashem is not here, Chas V'Shalom. It's not Pshat, it's not Einoid Movade. It's just a state of Rotsa. The Eir is in a state of Aliyah, in a state of Rotsa. Loi Mati. And because it's Loi Mati, we experience it as Golis. We experience it as concealment. Because the Eir is going into the deepest, deepest, deepest place. So the person is elevated to that place. But I don't have the revel- I don't have the kalim for it. I don't have the way to capture it, and that's why the gullus now is much longer than the gullus of Mitzrayim, because he says, because the shuv of Yemaisa Mashiach is the ultimate shuv. What's the shuv of Yemaisa Mashiach? Matan Torah was big, but Yemaisa Mashiach is the ultimate shuv where divine oneness is completely manifested and revealed in the world, even in the Gufa Gashmi. When Mashiach comes, the physical is divine, like we learned many times about the Chamar, the Chaimer. So the Golos is the is a very deep rotsi. He ayin ba ayin yiru biyeser says biyeser is bebamatan toyder shleiro ayin bayin kiim shemim anera. Because when Mashiach comes, the pasuk says in Yeshaya chapter fifty two, we're gonna see ayin ba ayin, which means eye to eye with God. What does it mean to see eye to eye with God? By matan toyder we didn't see eye to eye. By matan toyder it says we heard what is usually being seen. Shemim es anera. We heard what is seen. And we saw what is heard. We heard what you see, and we saw what you hear. In other words, it was still a concept of shoimim hanir. You heard what is being seen. By Matan by Mashiach, it says ayin ba'ayin yiru. Pure ayin ba'ayin, eye to eye. Complete, complete oneness that even the physical body itself will be able to experience the divine oneness just like the soul. By Matan Torah, it's still something that affects the Neshama, but the physical world remains a physical world. Mashiach is the absolute oneness of everything. That shuv of Mashiach necessitated a Ratzoi that is so much deeper and so much longer. So the Alter Rebbe in his days, this Maimir's Tafkov Samachai, 1805, says that's why the Ratzoi of this Golos is longer than Golos Mitzrayim, because the Shuv of Mashiach, which is Ayin Ba'ayin, much deeper than Matan Taira, which was not Ayin Ba'ayin, it was Shemim Hanira. I think now, by now, Tavshin Peyalev, the Ratzoi was long enough, and we're ready for the Shuv. <laughs> we're ready for the Shuv. The Ratzoi was long enough. We're now ready for the Shuv. But this is how a person has to understand what Golos is. Golos is not a, 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 a mistake or it's just a punishment, you're bad, so I'm going to punish you. No. Golos is the breaking down of the structures because we're being tuned in and initiated into the ultimate infinite light which warrants and invites me to go out of all of the familiar structures. Yimaitu, there's a Pasuk can tell him, Yimaitu kal aretz. All the institutions of the world will crumble. <laughs> Talk about that today. The famous institutions of the world will crumble. What's the Pshat? So the Maharal says, and this is the idea, for there to be a new infinite light, the old system has to crumble because the old system can't contain infinity. Because everything is limited in the old system. So the old system has to go in order to be able to open yourself up to a new system. What does this mean in my life? 
I may be in a comfort zone, but I'm stuck in my comfort zone. And then when I get a curveball and my comfort zone is shattered, that's gullus. But it's not really that I was shattered. It's God is opening me up to infinity. And because I'm not ready for infinity, so therefore it's painful because I'm losing my hold on my life. But really, I'm being opened up to a much higher state of living, to a much truer state of living. I'm being introduced to authenticity. So the old institutions falter, and that's the Ratzoi that allows for the deeper shuv. And he finishes, the last few lines. And he finishes, the first state that we spoke about, pre-Matan Havaya, unified with Elikim, being expressed in a person's Midas, Avraham, Mitzvah, and Yaakov, this is called Bechal Loving Hashem with all your heart, serving in Bechal Because the heart is considered the abode of the Midas, of a person's emotions, experiences, sensations. Is the experience in my heart. Is the experience in your entire soul. It's not just the experience of love in my heart. It's rather the entire soul becomes a conduit for divinity. It's beyond the individual experience. That's the Bechal Nafshecha. My Chachma Binadas, my cognitive faculties become a conduit for divine wisdom. My thoughts for divine thought. My words for Hashem's words. Hashem says in Yeshaya, I will place my words in your mouth. Udvari asher samti b'ficha, another expression in Yeshaya, the, my words that I place in your mouth. Chazal tell us in Zoyar and Medrash Rabbah, the Shechina spoke through the throat of Moshe. Moshe says, I will give you rain. I will give you rain. He's giving you rain. Moshe was a conduit for Hashem. Hashem speaks through Moshe. When he says I, it's Hashem. Because he's just a conduit. He had a Magid, a spiritual angel, who revealed himself to him and taught him Kabbalah. And he wrote a Sefer called Magid Mesharim. This is the author of the Shulchan Aruch. So the expression is, he says to the Beis Yosef, I am the Mishnah that speaks through your mouth. In other words, I am the Mishnah, I am the divine energy, the divine wisdom. And then the person speaks it as a conduit for Hashem. So the Alter Rebbe is now applying these two states of consciousness to our lives today. And that is the experience of Hashem in my heart, which is my experience of love, of connection, of awe, of reverence, of passion, which is amazing, which is incredible. That's pre-Matan but it exists today because everything exists today. And then there's Bechol Nafshecham, your whole nefesh, which means my whole eye becomes a conduit for pure divine energy, 
which transcends the differentiation of experience. This is where my eye melts away in the pure infinity of Havaya, Ushmi Havaya, and this is where my mind is a channel for God's mind, and my thoughts for Hashem's thoughts, and my words for Hashem's words. Moshe Rabbeinu spoke, and he knew Hashem is speaking through him. That's the truth. Hashem is speaking through me. Hashem is thinking through me. But for this, I have to open myself up to become that complete channel. When Yudke Vavke itself is revealed, there's nothing outside of that. So then the avoid of a person becomes in sync with this reality. There's no Metzius outside of Hashem. So then what's my learning? My learning is Hashem, so to speak, learning. My learning is Hashem learning. My words of Torah is Hashem's words through me. That's what the Malach told the Beis Yosef. Ani ha When you're learning the Mishnayis, it's not you're learning the Mishnayis. It's the Mishnah that's speaking through you. Your mouth is just the mouthpiece of the Mishnah. It's the conduit for the Mishnah. Because when there's complete alignment, there's no I outside of Yudke Vavke. That's why after Bechal Nafshecha, there's Bechal Vavcha, and then there's Bechal Nafshecha. Bechal Vavcha is the Ava in my heart. That's Ve'edel of Ramalitzik Val Yaakov, Bekel Shindalad Yud. That's the Yichud of Avaya and Alekim. And then there's Shmi Havaya, the Bechal Nafshecha. That my whole nefesh, my whole self, goes back to that place of oneness where there's no reality outside of Einoid Movadai. So then the person's learning and the person's life is one in which I am just a channel for divine energy. The divine flows through you. That's why he says, and then right away, you should speak those words. What does it mean you should speak? Not just you should say the words. means you should become the dibur. Hashem's dibur should flow through you because there is complete oneness. And every ratzay in life is there to create that deeper shuv. And this concludes at least one dimension of the Maim of Ve'era, of the Maim of Ve'edabra Lekim Al-Moshe in Parshas Ve'era, as I said from the year Tovkov Samachai. And I wish you all a... A day filled with mati and loy mati and a deeper mati and a deeper loy mati, but that all the loy matis should at last come into the mati so they could be the ultimate shuv of Yemaisa Mashiach of Ayin Ba'ayin Yiru. Have a beautiful day and a meaningful day and an inspiring day. Tonight, 9.30 p.m., we have a special program. <coughs> I'm being interviewed on the Jewish platform network. It will also stream live on the yeshiva.net. 9.30 p.m. tonight. You may enjoy it. It's more of a geschmack, a light for bringing and conversation. And uh, Sunday morning, we have our 9.30 class in Bossi Legani, 1961, Tavshin Chafalov, Sunday morning, 9.30. It's going to be live in my home for those who want to participate. Please let me know. You could participate live. It will also stream Be'ezer Hashem on the yeshiva.net Sunday, 9.30 of course, next Monday we will continue learning. We're going to be learning the Maimer of Torah Parshas Boy about Svois. And next Mitzay Shabbos, January 23rd, Yutshvat, the yard site of the Rebbe Rayat. There'll be a big Malava Malka and Fabrengen on 21st with Geshmaka food, Geshmaka company, beautiful ambiance, music, and a special evening of inspiration and unity and love. In the meantime, I wish you 
a beautiful day, an extraordinary month, a good Shabbos, a Freilich and Shabbos, and a day and month filled with light and good health and love and oneness and truth. You could speak about it, you could speak. You have to unmute yourself. Ratzay and Shuvah is about balance. It's not one is negative, one is positive. One is tension and one is resolution. One challenges me. One challenges me to go to a deeper place, to go out of my comfort zone, to go out of my box. And then I make peace with it and I internalize it and I embrace it. And then I go to yet a deeper place of reality. Our children usually do this to us. (laughs) Our children do it to us. They don't let us remain stuck in our old perception of Yiddishkeit. Since you had the schus to become a Balchuva, you really had to go through this. You had to really challenge yourself to grow to a deeper place. That's Ratzoy. And there's pain in that. There's a pain because I have to peel the layers. I have to go out of my, my comfort zone. I have to do things that I'm not used to. I have to open myself up to a more infinite truth. That's Ratzoy. And then the Shuv is where I have to internalize it. It has to become part of me. It can't just remain elusive. I have to grow into it. And then there's a deeper Ratzoy. So the Alter Rebbe says, for there to be a deeper Shuv, for the Lakus to be more revealed, there always has to be a deeper Ratzoy. Like, right? Like the, the, the more you pull back the arrow, the more you pull back the arrow, right? The further it can strike, the further it can hit. The more you go backwards, the faster you can run. So the deeper the air goes into Ratzoy, right? When it gets unleashed back, it goes to a, a deeper shuv. It's, 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 the Lakus becomes more revealed, more internalized, more real. And the deeper it goes up, the more you experience a higher level of reality. So when somebody is really faced, I mean, it's not so easy to say this, but when somebody is really faced with a very difficult challenge, what the Alter Rebbe would tell them is, that this is a preparation for a much more powerful shuv. In other words, God is inviting you to touch infinity. And therefore, everything you're familiar with is being challenged. So this shouldn't be said lightly, but that was the answer to Moshe. What are you doing? And Hashem says, this is not a mistake. The Gullus Mitzrayim is not a mistake. Moshe says, what are you doing? Why are you torturing the people? What do you want? Let them, let them go free. Don't tell me we're going to set them free and then it becomes worse. And his answer is that what, what I want to be able to give them is Vidaitim Keani Hashem Yudke Ultimate truth. And the concealment they're experiencing now is the light departing from the world and going up to a much deeper place of reality so that when it comes back down, they're going to be able to be one with the ultimate MS. What does this mean in our life? In our life it means that when I'm facing a situation where my systems are breaking down, my comfort zone is being shattered, those palaces, those mansions that I constructed in my life are being attacked. They're coming under destruction. It's not working. Right? So a person may experience it in their marriage, 
in their relationship with themselves, with Hashem, with their children, with their friends, with their job, whatever it may be. The adversity, the challenge I'm facing, I could look at it and say, oh, God forgot about me or abandoned me, threw me under the bus. Or the Alter Rebbe is telling us, Hashem is telling Moshe, no, no, no. It's very, very painful. But I want you to know that I'm here with you. And it's ultimately all about a relationship and it's ultimately all about love. And what I want to ask of you is not to deny the pain and not to repress the pain, but just to open yourself up to a much deeper reality in your life and in the lives of your loved ones. No. Ratsi could be accompanied with pain. Of course. Ratsi yearning. There's a yearning. I'm challenged to go higher, to go out of my vessels, out of my kalim. And then shuv is returning. Loi mati is ratzai and mati is shuv. Shuv is integration, resolution. Making it work. Practicality, bringing it down. Calmness, serenity. You can't always be in the state of, 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 of longing. Ratzai is longing. Ratzai is dreaming. Ratzai is, is pleading. Ratzai is beseeching. Ratzai is wondering. Ratzai is being startled. Ratzai is overwhelming. And then Shuv is... And now let's, let's turn it into a system. And then I want to get comfortable. I want to retire. So he says, no, if it's a Likus, it's going to be a deeper Ratzai. That's where the Gemara says at the end of Brachas, Talmidei Chachamim, Ein lahem menucha loy ba'ilam haza v'loy ba'ilam haba. The real Talmud Chachem has no menucha, not in this world, not in the next world. This is the end of Masechah's brachas, the end of the first Masechah of Gemara. It's not a curse. They never relax. They're workaholics. That's not a good thing. You have to relax. You have to be able to celebrate life. means they never get stuck in the quagmire. They never get paralyzed by their comfort zones, they're always open to the vibes of infinity. <sighs> Even after Mashiach, there'll be Ratzir V'shoiv. But the Shoiv that's going to be revealed by Mashiach is the ultimate unity of Ayin Ba'ayin Yiru. Because Hashem is infinite, there will always be Ratzir and Shoiv. But it's going to be a different type of Ratzir and a different type of Shoiv within the Messianic reality. We do say Mashiach is Yom Shekuloi Shabbos Umenucha. So there is a state of Mashiach where ultimately there's complete Menucha, the Ratzi and the Shoiv become one. That's, that's Yom Shekuloi Shabbos Umenucha. But as we said, the Alter Rebbe says that the whole Golos is about Ratzi. By now there's been a lot of Ratzi and enough Ratzi. So everybody is ready for the shuv, for the gili of Mashiach and the gula shleima b'payil in a revealed way that we should be able to see it with our eyes, experiencing with our heart, that the world should be able to experience that moment of, of complete and true redemption. Mitzar, Mitzrayim, yeah. Restrictions. You're restricted, yeah? The loy mati, the light ascends, and I feel, I could feel very lost. 
and and the mitzrim can have the rulership. The mitzar in me rules the rules the show, rules the day. The mitzrayim in me is the boss. That's what it looks like, because my alakus has departed, has ascended. Remember, this is all the stories of Galus mitzrayim are not just physical stories; they're also metaphors of what's happening in our life. The para inside of me, the Egypt, the Egyptian, the Mitzrayim inside of me rules. It dominates. It controls. I'm subjugated. The Jew is subjugated because it's before Har Sinai. Ramal Kalgayim Hashem. Elikuz goes up, and now all the crocodiles are parting. All the hyenas come for the feast. <laughs> the head counselor went away. Okay, Chevra. Of course. Golos is the deepest opportunity. Golos is the opportunity to go into the Loimati, to go into the Ratzai. Golos is the longing to the infinite. It's the deepest opportunity. And Mashiach is the revelation of the Ratzai that we touched in Golos. Mashiach is not something separate. Mashiach is the revelation of what we touched in Golos. It's the revelation of the truth of Golos. It's how the Ratzoi is internalized within the human experience. Of course, not a little bit, a lot. That's what it means to live with a Gaula consciousness. To live with a Gaula consciousness is to be able to see in the Ratzoi the preparation for Shaiv. To be able to help, the, to be able to see the Loi Mati as a prelude to Mati. Always a balance, always a balance. And once I master one level of shoiv, I go to a deeper level of ratzi and a deeper level of shuv, which brings me to a deeper state of ratzi, to a deeper shoiv. Ein lehem menucha. Until yom shekulei shabbos menucha. And when you're open to this flow, to this rhythm, it's like a symphony, it's like a song. It goes up and it goes down. There's moments of tension and moments of resolution, right? So in life, we get dumbfounded and confused and frustrated, but it's really, imagine it like a symphony. Imagine it like a ballad. It's all part of one song. Ashir Hashem it's one song. It's not separate songs. The Ratzi and the Shuv are part of one niggin. This is the niggin of life. Ashir Hashem Bechayai, Azamra Lelekai Biyaydi. The Gemara says at the end of Brachas, Talmidei Chachamim ein lehem menucha, loy ba'olam hazeh ve'lo ba'olam haba. Very good. Very good. They have menucha, they have menucha about the fact that ein lehem menucha. <laughs> the ein lehem menucha is with serenity and with pleasure. It's with serenity and with pleasure. Because it's dveikas, it's dveikas with Hashem. When you have dveikas with Hashem, there's a serenity. Because you're aligned, you're aligned with the source. And because the source fluctuates between Ratzi and Shaiv, you also fluctuate. It's like a heartbeat, right? When we see on the monitor the flat heart, we know what that means, right? Chas v'shalom. So the heartbeat means you're in touch with life. So when you're in Dveikas with Ein Shaiv, you have Ratzi and Shaiv, not because you're distraught or you're disturbed or you're torn, but because you dance to the rhythm of the divine energy that vibrates through the universe. And that rhythm is one of Ratzai and Shuv, tension and resolution, transcendence and internalization. Going out of my comfort zone, 
to long and yearn for that which is beyond my present paradigms and then internalizing it and making it my own, which only allows me to open myself up to yet a deeper ballad of infinity. And this type of flux in your life can be very serene. You become comfortable with being uncomfortable. You're tranquil about the absence of tranquility. You're serene about the fact that there is no paralysis because it's not torture. It's rather the excitement and the fluctuation that comes with the vibe of life, with the rhythm of life. It's like a ballad. Okay. Shin Dalad Yud is Shin Yud, and the Dalad is Dai, enough. In other words, the limitation to be able to allow the Ahava to be experienced in Yesh. Shin Yud is Yesh, and Dalad is the Dai. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.